Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. So for the past little while, I've been trying to learn Spanish. And the best way to learn any language is to practice it with people that know it. And so I was with some of my friends who were all from Mexico. We were hanging out in the kitchen, and I was trying to use really simple sentences to get my point across. Now, there was a box of tea in the kitchen, and I like drinking tea. So I thought, okay, I'll start here. And so I tried to say, I love tea. And I did. I literally said it. I said, yo amo te. But for those of you who speak Spanish, you might already be laughing because the word I used was amo, which is like a romantic love. So all my friends started doing what you just did and laughed. And they're like, no, 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 it's quiero, which means like, I like tea. Because in me trying to say, I love tea, what I was actually saying was, I love tea. And so I'm there in the kitchen professing my undying, passionate love affair with tea, and and my friends are laughing at me. Why? Because there's a confusion about the word love. I'm saying the word love, and I'm meaning something completely different from what they're thinking when they say love. There was this confusion around the very word, and so we couldn't understand each other. Now, that's kind of a funny example of a miscommunication about the word love. But in our culture right now, in our society, there's a lot of division right now on what the word love means. There's a lot of people saying, love means this. And then there's a group of other people saying, love means this. And because they have this miscommunication, there's division. And one concrete and very prevalent fact of this is that in our society right now, there is a widespread acceptance of homosexuality as just another form of love. Now, before I go any further in this homily, I just want to say there's probably some awkwardness or even some tension building in the room right now. Maybe some of you are even downright suspicious. Like, what is Father going to say next? Well, I just want to say I feel it too, okay? I I feel the tension. I feel the awkwardness too. We're all in this together. I, I know that this issue affects real people. There's high emotions on all sides, and so I want to be very sensitive about this and respectful. But I also think that this is something that's very important, and as adults, it's good for us to really talk about this, and I think it's worth risking the awkwardness. So I just invite you to try to listen with an open mind, and feel free to talk with me or any of the other priests afterwards. Because we need to address what is happening in our culture right now, which is that there are many people who say, look, if people of the same sex truly love each other, then why can't they get married and start a family just like everyone else can? Everyone deserves love. And if that's the way that they feel, then who am I to say that they should change? And because this idea has become so accepted in our culture, In many ways, it's actually become celebrated. We see parades and parties and festivals that positively lift up these kinds of relationships. If you're walking around through the city, you'll see pride flags everywhere. They're on clothing, they're in businesses, they're in our schools, they're even decorating our streets and our public buildings. And so as a Catholic, there can be a nervousness around this, 
because you feel pressure from a bunch of different sources. Most of you probably have some idea that the Bible says something against homosexuality or the church doesn't allow gay marriage, so okay, that's something that I should be supporting as well. But then there's also the experience that I I can guarantee almost all of us have is that we know friends or family who are gay. And so it's not just this abstract issue out there. It's affecting real people, real people that we love, that we treasure, that are a part of our lives. And we feel this tension. Am I supposed to believe my faith or support my family and friends? Do I have to choose between them? Now, some people deal with this tension by saying there's actually no tension at all, that it's actually a very Christian thing to support homosexuality. They say, well, Jesus tells us to love everyone, and that includes gay people. And so obviously that means that we're supposed to support gay marriage, that gay relationships are just one other way to make a family. Well, today, since it's the feast of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, kind of the pinnacle, the the example par excellence of a family, I think it's a good opportunity for us to look at what God says about the family how we are called to love each other in the context of what a family is. Because you see, the family was not a social unit that was invented by the government. It's not something that developed over time in a specific culture. The family is something very special in that it was created by God himself. God created the family as the perfect place for love to flourish, for true happiness to come, for the parents and the children that are a part of it. And we see a description of that family love in the psalm that we just heard, which is speaking a blessing over the family. It says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. This is drawing out in in beautiful poetic imagery the beauty of family life, that there is a man who loves his wife and a wife who loves her husband, and they give each other everything that they are. They lay out the fullness of their love for each other, and they build a home together, and because of the love that the husband and the wife share between them, new life is able to come into that family. They describe these these children that are popping up in the home like olive shoots growing in the house, this, this image of life and vitality that is the Lord's blessing upon families. This is God's design, that there is a love between spouses that is fruitful when it is given to each other. And there's a happiness that comes with this. The psalm goes on to say, Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. You shall be happy and it shall go well with you. Because when we follow God's design for what love is, for what family is, then there's a natural blessing that flows from being in God's right order. There is a true happiness for those who love according to God's plan. And love is the foundation of the family. Without love, a family becomes disordered. It becomes dysfunctional. In order to be a truly holy and happy family, There needs to be a bedrock of real love. Now, when we look at homosexual relationships that seek to become a family of their own, we see that there are some significant shifts from the original design that God planned for the family. First of all, 
there is no longer the husband and wife that is described in the psalm, but rather two men or two women, which is a radical shift because, because of that, there is no fruitfulness to that relationship. There can never be that kind of fruit from a homosexual couple because they will not be able to bring forth children in the way that God designed it to happen. And as such, homosexual relationships, while they may feel very normal to the people involved in them, while they may experience a lot of happiness in it, it's not in line with what God's plan for the family is. It's not true love, it's not true marriage, and thus, according to God's definition of what a family is, it cannot be considered as such. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, which holds the the teachings that we believe as Catholics, it says marriage and the family are ordered to the good of the spouses and to the procreation and education of children. And a man and a woman united in marriage together with their children form a family. And so based on this definition of family by the church, which is that it's good for the spouses and that they are united together, and it's good for the children in that they are able to be created and nurtured, based on this definition, it becomes clear how homosexual relationships do not fall into this natural order that God has given. Now let me just take a break for a second, because you might be thinking to yourself, hold on a minute. If these people truly love each other, then what's the big deal? Why is the church being so rigid on this teaching? Why are they being so insistent on what seems so old-fashioned, so archaic? Why do they want to stop people from loving each other? Well, remember, the church doesn't teach anything unless it comes first, based on the word of God himself. So the church isn't supposed to make up teachings or just say things that, that they think pops into their head. The church has the job of receiving from God his word and then passing it on to the world. And that's especially true of priests as well. So I'm not supposed to be preaching my opinion. I'm not supposed to be preaching any bright ideas that I have, because I probably don't have that many. As a priest, my, my job is to preach what God says through his church. I don't have the luxury of preaching my own thoughts. I'm supposed to preach the truth of what God says about how we are called to love and to be happy. And ultimately, the church's teaching on marriage, it's not an attack on love. The church's teaching on marriage is a defense of love. Because as the Apostle Paul writes, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is so important. I can't emphasize that enough. It's the foundation for the family itself, but it has to be true love, which means love that is capable of bonding things together in perfect harmony. And looking back at that bond of marriage between a man and a woman, we see that this kind of love by nature is able to bind things together in harmony. Why is this the case? What is it about a man and a woman that they are able to make this bond of perfect unity? Well, man was created for woman, and woman was created for man. Their love for each other is able to bind 
them together in harmony. And the way that we know this is by looking at man and woman themselves. If you were to look at a man in, in isolation from anyone else and just look at him and look at all of his bodily systems, you'd, you'd be able to make sense of most of them, right? Okay, here's his digestive system. This is to make sure nutrients get to the rest of his body. Okay, check. We got the immune system, making sure that he's healthy. If he gets sick, the body heals itself. Okay, check. Muscular system, that's making sure that his body functions and moves around. Okay, there's one system that doesn't make sense when you look at a man by himself. His reproductive system. When you look at a man, like, what is that system for? It doesn't make sense until you look at a woman. And the same is true with her. When you look at a man and you look at a woman together, you see that their two systems were designed for each other. They were created for each other, specifically in a way that they can bond. It all starts to click, literally, right? And so even a husband and wife who are unable to have children, they are able to make this bond of true love because they can exist in a complementary relationship. And two men cannot make this bond. Two women cannot make this bond either. They cannot unite in perfect harmony because their bodies are not designed for it. And so if their love is unable to bond them together, even though it may feel like true love, even though the culture would say that it is, it cannot be. And so when the church teaches that family can only come from the loving marriage of a man and a woman, it is defending true love, which by nature is designed to be both unitive and fruitful, something that homosexual relationships by nature cannot be. Now, this is a lot to take in, I know. And you might be sitting there feeling annoyed or downright angry at me. You might be cheering me on inwardly. I have no idea. Or you might be somewhere in the middle. And you need some time to process all of this. And I just want to give you the space to do that. So in the coming days and weeks, I want to give you permission to reach out to me. If you have something that you want to say about this homily, if you want to share about how it affected you, I want to hear it. If you have any questions, any disagreements, me or any of the other priests, we'd be happy to sit down and talk with you. And, and I promise to be as loving and open as possible as we have these difficult conversations on a more personal level. But ultimately, what God says about love and marriage and family, it's good news. It's good news. Everything that God asks of us, he does so as a loving father who wants the best for us. He wants all of you to be truly happy, both in this life and the next. And so if you are someone, and I just want to speak directly to you, if you are someone who struggles with these kinds of attractions, if you're attracted to someone of the same sex, I want you to hear something loud and clear. I want you to hear the fact that God loves you. God loves you a lot. He sees your struggle. He sees your hurt. He sees when you felt rejected and misunderstood by people. He sees how you feel, and he loves you right where you are. And his desire for you is the same desire that he has for me, for everyone in this church. He desires you to become a saint. He has a place in heaven prepared for you. And it's possible for you to reach it because all of us are called to follow Jesus. And whenever we follow Jesus, every single one of us will have to let go of certain behaviors that do not correspond with his teaching. 
for those of you who are struggling with this question of how do I remain a Catholic and believe the church's teaching on marriage while at the same time loving and supporting my friends who have homosexual attractions? Is there a choice between this? Well, I want to tell you emphatically that the answer to both of those things is yes. Yes, you can and should believe what God says about love, about marriage, about family, but you are also called, without any hesitation, to love your friends and family who have homosexual attractions, to respect them, to honor them, to love them unconditionally. This is what Jesus called us to do for everyone. And part of that love is trying as best as possible to lead them to Christ, to lead them to the Lord. Because ultimately, surrendering to Jesus as Lord, living according to his teachings, that is the only way that we will achieve true happiness. And that's true for every single one of us. We are all called to follow the Lord. We are all called to fight against our sinful inclinations. We are all called to receive the Lord's mercy and his love when we fail. It's true, you can't support their relationship, but you can support the person with your friendship. Now, I'm not naive. They might not appreciate this. They might even threaten to cut off their friendship with you if you don't wholeheartedly go along and support their relationship. But they're free to do that. That's their decision. From your end, you can make it clear that even if they cut you out of your life, that you will never cut them out of yours. That from your end, you are still friends with them, that you love them no matter what, even if it means telling them something that they don't want to hear right now. And all of us, no matter what our feelings are, no matter what our friendships are, no matter what our culture says, we have a real opportunity to share the beauty of what God's Word teaches us about love, about family, and about marriage. Because the family is the most important institution in the world. God loves families. God designed the family to be a blessing to the world. And right now, our world is so confused. They don't even know what a family is. And as a result, families are suffering. And so we need God's wisdom now, today, more than ever, so that we can truly love others as God intended us to do and receive the authentic happiness that he wants for us. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.